Jesus. Man. You already got your money's worth tonight. <sighs> Praise God. I just kind of feel like walking around tonight, if that's all right with y'all. Just get your Bibles out. Everybody gave me a hard time last week. Said I preached the shortest message I ever preached. So bless God, we're going to stay up all until midnight tonight. Putting up with that. You know, I was so blessed. Um, I was talking with uh, Sister Annie. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And uh, and so we were visiting. And I said, well, what have you been preaching on? And she said, well, Robert, let me tell you, I've just, I don't know. I've just got off on this whole thing. I've been preaching on covenant. And I said, praise God. I'm so glad to hear that, Sister Annie, because I have too. And so, oh, really? And so I said, yeah, we're always flowing together in the Spirit. So it just blesses me to let me know that, that I'm following the Holy Ghost. And uh, she sends all of her greetings. They're doing great down there, conferences going on. It's just really, truly amazing what God has done with them uh, down there. She said that, you know, for years we went... Frankie and Darlene, y'all went once to the conference down there, you know, I don't know, five, six hundred people were probably there. And now those same pastors, uh, multiple pastors in that whole region are going and they're having conferences within their churches and their missions of five and six hundred per meeting. Yeah. So they're down there in just the jungles and the backwood places and and ministering and so, you know, I just told her, I said, man, I, you know, it grieves me that we can't go to Mexico. I mean, it's just too dangerous. There's just no way we can go in there. Um, they can do it because they just travel in and out, and they're just over there. But if I go and they find out there's a, you know, gringo preaching, well, then, you know, they're going to, they're, they're gonna, you know, be after me, and I don't have anything to shoot back. So, um, but anyway, we're, you know, we're always helping them. We're always sending money down. We're always helping them build churches, always helping them put, you know, their, their big deal is, is, is materials just getting materials down there because all these churches are growing and they need books. And they, you know, I mean, I, we have just flooded Mexico with the book, my book on the Holy Ghost in Spanish. Uh, just, you know, it's, it goes out everywhere all over the place. I don't even know all the places it's been, you know, and, and all of her material and all the stuff. And so it's, their, their expense is a big printing cost. But praise God, man, that's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. So uh, anyway, go to Proverbs chapter 1 tonight. <clears throat> I want to show you something. I really, this message that I've been preaching about covenant has just really been blessing myself and my wife and, and taking a different perspective of everything. And uh, because, you know, the problem is as Christians, most of the time we only talk to God, talk to Jesus, you know, however you want to phrase it, when we need something. I mean, that's the, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the body of Christ, everybody that's a Christian out there in the world. Most of the time, if they do talk to God, it's only because they need something. They're in trouble. Oh, God, get me out of this, or help me here, Lord, or I need some help, this or that or the other. They don't really have a relationship with, with, with Jesus at all. They don't have a, definitely don't have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Most, people, most Christians don't even believe the Holy Ghost exists. But to have a relationship, a covenant relationship with God, and this is where I'm trying to move all of us in church to that point, to where we're not thinking of God as only 
oh, help me in a time of need, or, or wouldn't it be nice if this would work, or can we do this? But our relationship changes into truly it's a covenant relationship. Because in a covenant relationship, there has to be dialogue going both ways. There has to be, it has to be me being sitting down saying, Bruce, you know, what's on your heart? And then Bruce tells me, and then I say, Bruce says, Robert, what's on your heart? I mean, it has to be a, this is what a covenant relationship's about. It's not just, it's not just uh, Bruce coming to me and say, hey, Robert, I need you to do this and this and this for me, and can you get that done and all like that? And I say, yeah, Bruce, I love you, and I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. And then that's the end of it. What would it, what would, I, I thought about this today. If you had a friend that came to your house every day with a need, I'm just saying they showed up at your doorstep and all they said, look, man, I'm telling you, things are going bad. I really need this. I really need that. I need this. And can you get that for me? And, you know, can you help me out here and whatever like this? I mean, you know, you love them. They're your friend. And you'd, uh, for a while, it'd be okay. But then every time you saw them coming, <laughs> turn the porch light off. All right? And uh, that's what happens, right? Well, just take that same relationship with your heavenly father. If the only time you're going to go to him and talk to him is because you've got a need, you want something, you want him to do something, you want him to move somewhere, you want him this, you're going to share with him about this problem, all this, that's, it's not, that's not what the relationship's supposed to be like. The relationship's supposed to be like, if you can even imagine this, the greatest relationship we can have on this earth, but it's supposed to be so much better because you're, you're dealing with someone who makes worlds, Right? The wisdom that's out there, the, 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 the wisdom that could come to you that he could just show you in a second that could make everything change. The way you're thinking about stuff, the way you're doing things, the way you're, you know, like this morning. I got up this morning and, and I don't know, you know, like I, I have this problem. I don't like getting up in the dark, you know, and I'm fumbling around the room and I, I, I can't get my boots and I have, you know, like I'm the kind of guy that only likes to wear just one type of boot. And so I have work boots and I have good boots, but they all look the same. Well, how are you going to tell that in the dark? Well, Laura had moved them over. So I drug one out and one was a good one and one was an old one <laughs> that I got on. And then I thought, this doesn't feel right. And, you know, and, and I was messing around and then I was just like stumbling around all over everything. And I, and I just, man, I just started to launch off and get irritated. Like before I've even cleared the bedroom. And I just stopped, sat down, said, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. This is really not a big deal. Just chill out. Lord, thank you I'm alive today. I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus. I've got to go preach tonight. Tell everybody about how good you are. I'm in a relationship with you. I didn't, didn't lose my salvation last night in the bed, you know, sleeping. I'm here this morning, glory to God. Right? It's not worth it. And so what I'm saying to you is we, we get into this, you know, we get into this mindset that all we're needing God to do is do something for us, deliver us. And he's there for that. He wants to do that. He loves to do that. But our relationship needs to grow. Now, it says here in Proverbs chapter one, because part of what I talked to you all about was that, you know, God protects what's his. And Proverbs one. Thirty three. It says, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without the fear of evil. Isn't it funny how many people turn to God in their relationship with him and say, God, why did this happen? Why did this, why didn't you let this happen? Why did this happen? 
When, how do you know he wasn't screaming from heaven? Don't go there. Don't do that. But we were never listening. Right? It says, but whoever listens. Everybody say listens. How many times have you said to your children, listen to me? Huh? Listen to me. That doesn't what it, Laura says to me. Laura says, are you listening to me? <laughs> I say, yes, I am. I heard every word. And she says, what did you say? Repeat it. So God's saying, hey, whoever listens to me will dwell safely. So just think about that. God would not say that unless it was possible for you to do that. Right? Look at uh, verse 20. Still Proverbs 1, verse 20. Words are bigger up there. I'm going to read them up there. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. So then wisdom is calling out. I'm going to tell you something. In all the situations you've got in life, everything that's going on, if you would just grab this revelation that where, whatever you're in, God has an answer for it. You just have to listen. There's an answer out there. Whenever I'm, I'm praying about anything, something going on, some situation, anything taking place, uh, what we're going to do with the missions, we're, we're, you know, anything, anything, any decisions. If I do not hear from heaven, I just don't move. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care if everybody says, we need to do something, we need to hear something. I'm just not going to move. I'm going to pray and I'm going to keep listening. And then, you know, God always has a way. But the thing is, most of the time I find out when I'm not hearing from heaven about a situation or a matter, that's really not what the Lord wants to be talking about. There's something else going on, right? There's something else going on that he wants me to deal with. Yeah. And then the other thing all kind of just lines up. But I'm trying to hear from this, and I've just learned, just stop. Just back up. Listen, every morning I wake up and every morning I go drink a cup of coffee. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. What, it just, you'll never get me to quit drinking coffee. I enjoy it. I enjoy drinking a cup of coffee. And I sit down there with the Lord every morning and drink a cup of coffee. And he's always right there. And he's never sleepy or grumpy. Right? Or tossed and turned on. I never had to ask him, how did you sleep last night? Yeah. He doesn't slumber or sleep, right? God, no, he's got no issues. He's not, he's not mad at me. No, you know, I'm just sitting there, and, I, and, and then the day starts, okay? And so my point is, is that when, when the Lord shows up, he's always got wisdom for me. He always wants to talk to me, but am I listening to what he's wanting to talk about? So let me just use the friend example again. Have you ever had a friend that, wanted, that came over and asked for advice but never would be quiet long enough for you to give him any? What if it's just like that with the Lord and us? We're not quiet long enough to hear the wisdom that's calling aloud to us. We're not, we're not quiet long enough to hear. Hello? Okay, go down to the go to go to 21. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. So, in other words, she's crying out in all the all, all the main places. She's She's always talking and crying out nothing. She's not, it's not like in a secret place. It's in the open air. It's out there for every one of us to hear every day. 
You don't have to be in church to hear. You could be wherever to hear because you're kind of all over. Let's go to the 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity for scorn delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? In other words, if you read on to 23 and 24 and 25, you say, it's, I'm calling out. I'm trying to talk to you, but ain't nobody listening. Y'all are wanting it this way. You know, our whole society, our whole world's so messed up nowadays. And, you know, you get to thinking about it. Um, you know, fast food restaurants aren't fast enough anymore. I mean, what are we going to do? How can it get faster? I guess you open up your mouth and they shoot it out of a tube into it. Oh, I got that one, you know? I mean, how are we going to go with this? I mean, it's ridiculous. We got people killing each other over Popeye's chicken. What in the world has happened to our society that they're going to go kill over Popeye's chicken? It ain't that good. It's pretty good, but it ain't worth killing somebody over. You got the last leg, you know? I mean, it's ridiculous. And our world's just out of deal. Well, and nobody, we're all such a fast pace running around and everything. Just imagine what happens if robots come in. I mean, is there anything colder than self-checkout? So some of us like it because you can get through until it messes up. And then they need to, I don't know why they didn't already invent it. They need to have a little like red uh, bag down there, you know, soft bag, and it says, go ahead, kick me, you know, so you can just, poosh, poosh, poosh. and then it make everybody feel better. I think that would really help. Because when it won't check out or you didn't put the thing in the bag right or it didn't read it when you put, dropped it into the bag, you know, and whatever, you have to go through all that. And then the people come over there, act like you're trying to steal something. And I'm like, I don't know why I came to this thing. All right. Imagine, like I told you, the last plane trip when I was going to Guatemala, they, did, they, they loaded everybody by facial recognition. That really freaked me out. But it made me start to think, you imagine what that's going to be, that we get to the George Jetson scene where you just walk up to the ticket counter and look in the screen and they say, hello, Mr. Richards, welcome to your flight. Here is your ticket. You will be go loading through concourse B, gate 7. Take your ticket, walk off. Go up to the next facial recognition as they check your stuff. Huh? I mean, it's on us. And then you know what the next thing will be. Just walk up and flash your barcode. And the... I said, well, they'll go. It'll make sense. You don't need cash or anything. Just put your arm underneath the reader. Yeah, they're trying, you know, I told y'all, I think I told y'all that, that my last flight I was, you know, I was late and had to go through all this Migro, and so I'm running down to the concourse, me running, and I, I'm, I'm half-dressed because I didn't even take time to put my belt on. I got my belt over here, got my jacket over here, I got my bag, I'm running. It's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> and, and I'm running through there, and this, there's a guy with a wheelchair. He's pushing the wheelchair. There's nobody in. He's just pushing the wheelchair, and he looks and he says, <laughs> I said, I look that bad? And I got to my gate, you know, and then I had a little bit of time because I got, I actually made it and they were just starting to board the plane. I knew I had a few minutes and I was, <gasps> and so I looked over there and there's a bottle of water, you know, in a, in a little kiosk deal. I was like, oh man, I'll get a bottle of water. Couldn't get it. You know, you had to check out through the self, the self checking deal and the eyeball looking at you and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, 
So I just went on the plane, tell the stewardess, I need water, water, quickly. So they started funneling me water. But the world's changing. I'm going, but I don't want a relationship like that with God. Are y'all with me? I want to sit down and drink a cup of coffee with him. I want to have a relationship. And God is just yearning. He's just calling out. He's just crying out for all of us to have that kind of relationship with him. That we sit down with him and we're not just giving him our grocery list of needs and wants, but we're sitting down having fellowship. Lord, what's your heart this morning? He may want you to pray for Timbuktu. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? What's his heart? What does he want? He wants a relationship. And wisdom's always calling out. Wisdom's always crying out. Wisdom's always screaming out. It's always saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. I'm here for you. I've got an answer for you. I've got the situation. Why are you running around the room like a little kid having a tantrum? Why are you freaking out? Why are you doing this? Come, come sit down and have a drink a cup of coffee with me. Let's talk. Let's visit. Think about this. The Bible says God knows how many hairs are on your head, and he also knows your desires, right? But do you know his? I mean, you know, sometimes I see pictures like people paint Jesus or something like that, and I can tell you which one's. I think, are him or not, right? I mean, there's just certain ones I look at, and I'm just like, pff, pff. no way. You know, no way. No way that's right. Same thing about God, you know. I've seen pictures paint like Jesus the, uh, uh, out of the book of Revelation. You're like, what? Scare the life out of anybody. That's not the Jesus I know. But Jesus, I know he's not really too worried about anything because he knows he's, he's got the world in the palm of his hand. He's not too concerned, right? We are the ones that's messing everything up. So what I want to encourage you about here is in this, 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 this whole message about covenant. I want to ask you to just dig down deep and start looking in your own relationship with him and start seeing, is it equal? Because if it's a covenant relationship, there's equality here. God wants to talk with you just as you want to talk to him. I'm not saying you're equal with God. It's, you're like, you are God. I'm just saying he wants to have a relationship like that with you. And that just, I have, I, I mean, my mind gets boggled over even fathoming that that I just said, that he wants to sit down in fellowship with you, God. I mean, my goodness. Okay? So then the second thing is, is you have to not leave him. He has to be involved in every moment of your day, everything you're doing. I cannot tell y'all how many times in the day that I'm just in my daily affairs and everything and, and, and just working, doing whatever, and the Holy Ghost is like, don't do that. Or think about this for a minute. I'll stop and say, oh, yeah, I better not cut that wire. This is going to be too short. Okay, I see. And then I'll work around it. I don't know how many times I come up with the situation. I say, 
okay, what's wrong with this thing? Holy Ghost, tell me what is wrong. What do we need to do about this? This is the way life has to be for us. At every moment of every second of every day, you're not having a time with God and then going about your day and then checking back in with him when you come in. It's every moment of every day or second, everything you're doing, even if you're mad. I mean, I complain to the Lord. I get him to help me make phone calls. You know, I, I, I don't... Uh, Like I'm in the shop or that I'm in the middle of working, and the Lord says, "Call Annie." I don't hear a big booming voice or anything. He said, "This impression come up in me." I'm thinking about how to wire this camera. I'm not thinking about calling Annie. The Lord says, "Call Annie." I said, "Okay." I just took up the phone, called Annie, and then found out we're both preaching the same thing. You see what I'm saying? You got to be like that. You've got to at all times, and you have an impression about something, then go do it, follow through. And then I've got things I'm talking to him about all the time. Like, what are we going to do about this? What do you want to do about this situation? What do you want to do about that situation, Lord? I mean, what, what's your heart on this matter? Like I said, sometimes I hear something. Sometimes I don't hear anything. I just move on to the next conversation. This is covenant relationship. I'm trying to find out what's on his heart, and he knows what's on my heart. Right? So don't stop, folks. Don't cut it short right now in this day. And this time, I just believe God wants to speak to us more and more than he's ever spoken to us before. I believe right now he's just searching eyes to and fro, trying to find somebody that'll talk to him. Right? And just always remember, you're under the blood of Jesus. So because you're under the blood of Jesus, man, that's what gives you that right to have that relationship. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, that's good stuff. Amen? Amen? Now we just got to do it. Don't walk out of here and say, oh, that's good, and forget about it. If you don't drink coffee, then go find somewhere to sit down with the Lord. It's not the coffee that makes him come. It's just that's what I need in the morning. <laughs> Let that be known. You know, I'd, you know I'd never have, I never have drank tea. You know, like iced tea, but like hot tea? I don't guess anybody in my family ever drank hot tea. And when I was down there this last trip in Guatemala, Bethany, uh, I didn't know, I knew she drank tea, but I didn't realize to the extent of what there is in life in hot tea. Man, there's more stuff in hot tea than there is in coffee of all the teas out there in the world. And so she, she said, well, let me make you a cup of tea. And I said, well, you know, as long as I don't have to put milk in it, yeah, we'll do it, you know, and, so she starts putting all these things out in front of me, and I smell them. Finally, I said, oh, man, I like this. I said, it smells just like Prince Albert tobacco. <laughs> and she says, what in the world's that? And I said, I said, that's what all the old guys smoke in their pipes. What my grandfather smoked in his pipe, Prince Albert tobacco. I said, make me some of this. Didn't taste like it smelled, but it wasn't the worst I'd ever tasted in life, but. So whatever you do to sit down and have fellowship with the Lord, amen, just do it. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's take up our offering tonight. So y'all don't forget big God's girls parties tomorrow night. I don't know what time. What time is it? Six o'clock. Bring a Christmas ornament and make sure and sharpen your fingernails. Food. 
Everybody brings a dish with something in it or on it. Tofu. Chocolate. Yeah, that's always a fun party for y'all, so I'm glad y'all are getting to do that. Praise God. So put your hand on your offering. Father, I just declare right now that tonight these are the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. They are such blessings. They are blessed in everything they do. Because, Lord, you promised that everything we put our hands to would prosper. And so, Lord, I just declare it. I thank you for it. I praise you for it, Lord. And I just declare tonight that, Lord, you're just going to begin to continue to show us witty inventions, witty ways, witty ideas of everything that we're doing. Lord, God, to continue to increase us so we can continue to bless people around this world, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.